0: Well, we are getting a bit of a more clear picture of uh, foreign interference, or at least what has been happening with information, where it has been going, and where some of the breakdowns are as well. Talking about the ongoing hearings that are taking place, looking at this, and we've heard at those hearings from Vincent Rigby, who is a former National Security and Intelligence Advisor to the Prime Minister, doing that job from January 2020 to June of 2021, also a witness before the Committee on Procedures and House Affairs. And Vincent Rigby joins us now on the line to talk a bit more about this. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about some of the comments that you made during your testimony while you appeared at the committee. One of those things about where the leaks are coming from and the leaks of that highly sensitive information. You talked about the fact that it is problematic and that the people releasing this information shouldn't be considered heroes. Can you expand and talk a bit more about that?
1: Now, absolutely. I think I was pretty blunt before the committee yesterday, and I, I wanted to make this point because I think there's a perception out there that uh, this individual or these individuals are are heroes, whoever has leaked this information, but they're breaking the law. And when you release highly classified intelligence like that into the public domain, you're potentially undermining Canada's national security because you're showing hostile state actors what our our weaknesses may be, how we collect intelligence, what we know about their capabilities. You're also putting lives at risk. And uh, we have human sources where a lot of this intelligence may have been gathered from. And so if they're exposed, um, they can can potentially be harmed. Um, And at the same time, when you have people leaking information like this, this is not the way parliamentary democracy works. Every time someone in the public service gets a little bit upset that – their advice isn't being followed, or the information they're they're providing isn't informing decisions the way they want them to. Um, for them, just to go public and and try and expose the government, <clears throat> excuse me, for not acting a certain way. Um, I said before the committee that could potentially to chaos because you'll have everybody, every public servant going public that that way. And at the end of the day, public servants aren't accountable to Canadians. The government is accountable to Canadians. The governments have to answer to to um to the the, the public at, at, at uh, on these particular issues so um, I just think it's a very dangerous precedent that's been set here and I, I hope it doesn't uh, set an example for others to do to do the same on a regular basis.
0: Do you know the motivation, though, when you say it's because somebody's not happy that government isn't moving in a certain direction? Could it not be more than that, that it's somebody who's truly concerned that information isn't being treated the way it should be and that it needs to get attention and that that was the only way to do it? Well, that its we don't know what
1: the motivation is at the end of the day for, for this individual or these individuals. Um, as your listeners probably know, uh, the leaker wrote a testimonial, I'm calling it, in the Globe and Mail some time ago, talking a little bit about why they did what they did. And it was kind of what you just said, that we felt that these were serious national security issues and that they had to be brought to the public domain, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But again, the flip side of that is that in exposing all this information uh, to the public, uh, to the light of day, as i said before you are undermining national security in a lot of ways you're doing more harm than good and you are potentially exposing individuals to harm there are other ways to uh make this information public uh, and you know what i find interesting is that all of these things are being discussed publicly maybe not with the eye opening headlines in the globe and mail and global the way they have been recently but uh there are a couple of major reports that came out just before the Freedom Convoy and just just before this crisis blew up, one from Ottawa U that I co-authored and one from CG, the think tank, saying there are all kinds of problems in our national security system, including with respect to foreign interference and information gathering and how we share information and governance, et cetera. So these issues were out there publicly. Um, but they decided they wanted to 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 really go whole hog and uh, and blow it up. And I just don't think it's the way to have an informed debate. The other problem is um, when you release one or two or three pieces of intelligence, you're not you're not presenting the complete picture. What I said before the committee yesterday, it's it, it's like saying, here we want to show you a very very complicated jigsaw puzzle, and look look at these pieces that we're showing you. But in fact, the jigsaw puzzle is missing. The majority of the pieces, all the context, all the other pieces that would have been looked at by experts inside government that would have been looked at potentially by the political level, they're not there. So it, um, it's, it's, not a, it's not an accurate picture necessarily. And as you've seen in the Johnson report, he's come out and said uh, a lot of this intel that was leaked, it's, it's misleading. It uh, wasn't properly analyzed, and there was no context. So that this is why it's a bit of a problem for me.
0: So what about the issue of uh, the the information surri- uh, surrounding and looking at what was known uh, and what was shared about the the MPs who have been targeted by the Chinese government? And I know one of the Conservative MPs asked you about this, and this was targeting of MP of Michael Chong, and the fact that this information was out there and Passed along to high up ministers. And I know this happened after you left the position, but how did people not know about this? How was this information being circulated, but no one saw it?
1: So, as I said yesterday, um, you're right, <clears throat> you just said it now. I, I did not see this intelligence because it came out in July 2021. I retired at the end of June. But I also said before the committee that it didn't come as a complete surprise to me that it didn't get up to the the political level. And uh, this is one of the weaknesses of the system. I saw it when I was there. I I took some steps to try and rectify it by creating a deputy minister committee to try and look at more actionable intelligence, short-term intelligence that we needed to move on. But that was still a, a work in progress. We don't flag actionable intelligence very well in the system. And I think that was acknowledged by my successor, Jody Thomas, when she went before the committee and pretty much said the same thing. And she's taken steps to rectify it as well. But you have thousands upon thousands of intelligence reports being produced by the community every month. And they're coming into PCO. They're going across government. They're, they're going to public safety. They're, they're going to global affairs. But no one is necessarily sitting down and going, OK, you've seen all these hundreds of pieces of intelligence today. Take a look at this one. <laughs> this one piece is really, really, really important. It's about targeting um, uh, an MP's family in, in, in Hong Kong. And we should have a discussion about whether to take that up to the political level or not. That doesn't happen on a consistent basis. And I think that's what happened at PCO after I left. There was some shuffling around as to my successor. My formal successor wasn't named for six months and there was some um, acting uh, NSIAs and it, it fell between the cracks. What happened with respect to Minister Bill Blair is 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 um, it's a little bit more out of my domain, and I think the director of CSIS, is, uh, David Vigneault, is going to appear before the committee next week, and he'll talk a little bit more about what happened with Minister Blair. Minister Blair has simply said it wasn't raised uh, to, 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 to him. Um, I'm not sure how CSIS feels about that, and they may say that actually they did try and cut the information before him. I, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out next week when David appears before the committee.
0: And just one other question and about the weaknesses. And like you said, there can be thousands of documents that people are seeing, and maybe not ones that should get passed along don't. So, what needs to change, do you think, uh, to strengthen those weaknesses? Well,
1: I think that we have to put in place a better system to flag the documents first and foremost, the ones that are truly important. So, as I said, I created a committee before I left that was starting to, to do that. And um, Jody Thomas. The current NSIA, I think, has strengthened that, and um, we now have a body where they're going to sit down on a weekly basis and and look at some of this really important intelligence and go, okay, do we need to put this up to the political level or not? Right now, everything that's coming through the system that um, is indicating the targeting of MPs with respect to foreign interference, that is going to go up automatically uh, to the political level. I have a bit of a problem with that because some of that intelligence will be uncorroborated. Um, they may not have had a chance to access, his, access its credibility. Um, yeah, so that, that you know, be careful what you wish for. It could go, I said yesterday, it could go from, from famine to feast. And you may gum up the system with too many documents now. So that's the that's, that's problem you've got to think about. The other issue is that once you get the intel up to the political level, you have to have a place where you have a discussion about what this intelligence means and what to do with it in terms of the government. And that's what's missing right now. And so I I said to the committee yesterday, we really should be looking in Canada at the creation of a national security cabinet committee chaired by the prime minister so that um, ministers aren't being briefed differently. Ministers aren't having different types of conversations. You have one body meets regularly on a weekly or biweekly basis, chaired by the prime minister with his key national security public safety ministers, they receive the intelligence together, they have the discussion together, and then they decide together what to do with it. Um, You have an incident response group right now, but it only meets when there's a crisis. And there should be a regular committee meeting on a regular basis to to get stuff done before the crisis starts. So I think that's another thing that could really, really help. So the flow up, but then once it gets up, what you do with that, that flow at the political level.
0: All right, Vincent Rigby, thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you.